everybody and welcome back to the Marching On Together podcast. This is episode two and I'm joined by my good friend who unfortunately is an Arsenal fan and his name is Matt Mawler. Thanks Lees, cheers for the uh, Arsenal uh, heads up as well, yeah. Good to be on mate, good to be chatting some footy with you today. Yeah, how are you doing mate, everything good? Yeah, I'm good, uh, typical day at work, um, spent my lunchtime going through our predictions. Um, yeah, all good mate, how about you? Yeah, all good, thanks, mate. Yeah, I've been umming and ahhing all day about where to put certain teams, which we'll go on later to say. But um, <laughs> just to update everyone, the plan of today is we're going to do a 1 through 20 prediction for the Premier League season. Kind of chat about all the teams, where we think they're going to finish, see how many disagreements we have, which I think will be a few. <laughs> uh, and then maybe talk about the key additions and losses as well. Um, but firstly, how excited are you for the Premiership to come back? And doesn't it just seem like so crazy that we've just finished lockdown football so recently? Yeah, it's an interesting one. We obviously had the um, the lockdown, the break, and we were all kind of craving for football to come back. And then it came back and it wasn't quite the same, was it? It was different. It was obviously sanitised with the lack of fans in the stadium. It was all kind of bunched up, the fixtures. And um, yeah, it, it doesn't really feel like it's been away. So hopefully, start of a new season, a couple of tasty transfers. Hopefully, you know, fans back in the stadium soon. I'm looking forward to it, buddy. Yeah, and you've been on a bit of a high from uh, two trophies in a four-week period as well at Arsenal as well, so you're just living the dream right now. Two massive trophies, yeah. You know, back to the uh, the lofty heights of winning the FA Cup, um, which is, you know, we've won more than anyone else. Should just uh, make that point. But, uh, yeah, no, it's been good, mate. And um, it's nice to see Arteta back at the club doing well. But um, obviously, I don't want to bore um, the listeners too much talking about the Gunners. Mm-hmm. It's obviously, it is a, a Leeds podcast. <laughs> Yeah, true. I'm sure we'll talk about Arsenal soon when we come to our top four, top six. Um, right, cool. Well, before we get started then, just want a big thank you to our sponsor as well. Uh, just a reminder to everyone that our sponsor is the Twitter handle, at MuggsNFL. Uh, and you can message those guys quoting the podcast and you can get a Leeds United t-shirt for £10. So everybody head over there. Um, cool. All right, mate. Well, let's kick it off then. We've said we're going to start uh, with who we think is going to win the league. So do you want to start off with who you think is going to finish first in the Premiership this year? Oh, okay, here we go. So I'm going to go for uh, Liverpool to retain the title. Um, Probably not much of a surprise, but I just feel like they've got this annoying, frustrating momentum (laughs) at the moment under Klopp. They've got quite a small but cohesive squad. And um, I feel like they'll make a couple of astute signings. You know, we're still yet to see... Um, a few of their players they brought in earlier on in the season was it Minamino and uh, a few others and I know they signed that fullback haven't they can't pronounce it yeah um, and I just feel like they they probably won't dominate as much as they did this season um, I think they've been found out a little bit and I think they struggled to break down a low block at times um, that was evidenced against against Arsenal I thought in the in the Community Shield and and in the league game. Um, as well at the Emirates but um, yeah I think Liverpool to win the title but it won't be as much of a foregone conclusion as it was last season Okay cool um, well I think most people have the top two unless you support a team that are in the top four that aren't those top two teams I think they have them one way around I've gone the other way so I've gone Man City to win the title back um, and I think it's going to be very close as well I think it's going to go down to the last couple of games kind of we're not going to see this huge 10 game uh, gap between the two teams um, and in terms of Liverpool yeah they signed that fullback Tomiskis I think his name is That's it. Uh, 
Yeah, and they've lost Lovren and Lallana in terms of key players they've lost, but they're just squad players, aren't they? And the thing with Liverpool is their injury record's amazing in the last two years. So if they keep their injury record up, it doesn't really matter what the squad players are doing because the same like, 14, 15 people play for Liverpool nearly every yeah. week. Um, so if they get lucky with injuries, I think that could be right. But I think Man City, um, obviously they've signed Ake and Torres, huge signings. Um, they've also got an offer in for Koulibaly, is it, from Napoli? Yeah, um, and I think if they get him, that's not confirmed yet. But if they get him, their defense can look a lot, lot more solid, and we could see him swarm to three at the back, which would be quite good. Um, obviously, they're going to lose David Silva, which is probably one of the best Premiership players in, in our lifetime. Massively underrated, massively underrated player. Yeah, yeah, you've always liked him as well, even at Valencia as well. I think he was quite a no. popular player for us. Yeah, um, I... sorry, buddy, go on. Yeah, but I just think he will be a loss. But I think the growth of people like. Um, Bernardo Silva getting more minutes and obviously Phil Foden who's been in the news today uh, <laughs> I think that um, there'll be, be key players and I think Man City aren't done yet I think they can sign Koulibaly and sign another couple so I've got them finishing first and then Liverpool finishing second just to round out that top two That's cool yeah so going back to quickly what you mentioned on Liverpool and about how they've got quite a tight quite a small squad haven't they 15-16 players playing regularly I do yeah. recall at Dortmund, Klopp had a very similar system where he was over-reliant on his squad and they had that amazing run, didn't they, in the Bundesliga, in the Cups, the German Cups, where they, they really challenged Bayern Munich for a couple of seasons and then mm-hmm. the squad essentially fell away due to a, a massive increase in um, muscular injuries and I feel like the kind of full-throttle rock-and-roll football, uh, as he calls it, Jürgen Klopp, his brand of football is conducive to a lot of muscular injuries so it would be interesting, you know, this season and probably going into next season, um, how that squad, having been playing his brand of football at, you know, his preferred intensity for the last 18 months, two years, you know, how they hold up with injuries. And, you know, that could be crucial if they do, uh, you know, suffer a couple of losses for key players. I, I think I'd have to, uh, yeah, see City going on and doing it there, mate. But, yeah, it was a good point to make. Yeah, I think that that season you're talking about when they started to struggle, obviously, at Dortmund, was the year after they had the two uh, German Cup runs and the two Champions League runs the seasons yeah. before. Because um, then you're knocking on to 65-plus games of football in a season. And like, that, that gets quite crazy. And obviously, Liverpool have had the, the pleasure of going and playing in a World Super Cup as well last year, which just adds miles to the clock. So, yeah, I think that could be an issue for them injury-wise. Um, and I think Man City... Probably just slightly too deep of a squad for me. And obviously, linking this back to Leeds, Bielsa and Klopp have got similarities in terms of pressing. And we saw a lot of muscular injuries for Leeds the last two years. And maybe that could catch up with Liverpool. Um, I assume then you've got Man City finishing second, or have you got a shock in who's going to finish second? Uh, no, I, I, you're right. Yeah, I've got City as a close second. Um, cool. Reason being, you know, we just kind of, or you've elaborated on their signings. But um, I do just think that Pep has this kind of habit of getting his nose put out of joint and he usually reacts quite well to that and um, I think we saw that at the tail end of last season in terms of they already knew who they wanted to bring in I think if they bring in Koulibaly I think they've got a few more players to you know to kind of get out the door they bring him in you've got suddenly Otamendi John Stones you've got Nathan Aki who they signed you assume he's starting if they cost um, upwards of 50 million Um, you you know you've got a, a bit of a kind of stockpiling of you know decent centre backs there. So you'd think that should Koulibaly come in, they'll move they'll move um, at least one of those 
um, kind of squad centre backs on, probably John Stones, I'm thinking in terms of resale value. Um, yeah, midfield pretty well stocked, although they've lost David Silva, who I absolutely love as a you know, as a technician, um, brilliant kind of addition to the Premier League for as long as he was here. Like I think he was criminally underrated. Um, even, you know, when the likes of Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher started, you know, kind of giving him plaudits toward the end of his city career once Pep had come in, I think he was outstanding even before that. Um, but yeah, obviously with him going out, you hope if Phil Foden's not too busy and not, uh, <laughs> you know, um, too exhausted from his hotel escapades that, uh, yeah, maybe he'll do a job in there. And of course, you've got Bernardo Silva and they've got a great front line as well. So, um, yeah, I think City second. Yeah, they'll be neck and neck with Liverpool. They'll need to try and challenge the Champions League again after another disappointing campaign as well. But um, one name to remember as well, they've lost Leroy Sane, someone that I completely forgot about because he only played, I think it was four games before lockdown last year yeah. with a knee injury. But he was one of their better players the year before when they won the title. So he'll be a bit of a big loss. Um, they're moving it on to round the top four out. Who have you got finishing third and then fourth? Oh, well, my Arsenal bias, I'm afraid, <laughs> is uh, shining through here, mate. I've gone for the Gunners. Um, I just, I, I think, yeah, what we kind of... Um, sorry, that's that's the Arsenal. That's top four, sorry. That's fourth. Okay. Sorry, should we go Chelsea? Who am I third? Should we discuss them quickly? <laughs> yeah, go Chelsea and then yeah. do, you've got to do your Arsenal spiel after that. Yeah, yeah. Well, give the, the listeners time to go and make a, a coffee or grab a beer. <laughs> What's he talking about there? So, yeah, Chelsea, um, I think we'll probably have a similar kind of justification for this. I'm assuming you've got them pretty high up. Um, I think they've recruited really well on the whole. I think they had that benefit of not spending last summer, if you can call it that. But it's meant that they can really be aggressive in the market, um, you know, in a time where, you know, teams maybe aren't charging that premium and they are a little bit more desperate for the cash than they kind of uh, would have been um, if it weren't for COVID. So um, I think they've been really, you know, um, active in the market, getting Timo Werner in. That could be a masterstroke for, what was it, £54 million? Is that right? Yeah, that's the right. That was his release clause as well, that uh, Liverpool and Barcelona, apparently, neither of them were prepared to pay. And then obviously Chelsea just <laughs> stuck the money up straight away. You've got, to, you've got a hand in Chelsea. They are quite kind of um, clean in the market in the sense that they, they go in for a player, they get the job done. All their business is usually done pretty early in the window. You know, unlike, uh, you know, Arsenal and a few other clubs who seem to be kind of uh, scrapping it out to the final days. Chelsea, annoyingly, they all seem to get their affairs in order. Their ducks in a row early doors. And um, we've done it again, I think, with their recruitment. Um, I'm not sure how many games Thiago Silva will play at the ripe old age of, what was he, 35 years old, coming into the Premier League. But... He's going to be good for that young group of defenders, isn't he? And um, yeah, their midfield and forward signings, I think, will yeah uh, give them a big boost and finish third this season, mate. Okay, cool. Uh, well, this is the first one we agree on. I have Chelsea in third as well. Uh, most Leeds fans will hate to hear that, but people won't know that my mum was a Chelsea fan, so I can't hate Chelsea as much as the average Leeds fan. Um, but I think you were uh, spot on there. I think their recruitment's been amazing, especially in terms of going forward. They're going to score a lot of goals this season, even more than they did last year. I think they they were like fourth or fifth in goals scored last year, but they'll probably be nearer near first in that list. But I do worry about conceding goals. They're obviously going to struggle to replace Kepper in goal, which allegedly is what they want to do. But he's on a lot of money, and they signed him, I think, for 50 million euros, I think. So 
getting someone like that off the books after his worst season ever is going to be difficult. Um, and going back to how good they are in the transfer window, I think one thing that people kind of miss out on is how good they are at selling players. Um, they managed to get 50 million from Atletico Madrid for Morata, which <laughs> if you saw him play in the Premier League and you think you can get 50 million quid for him and you've signed Werner for 54, then that's an incredible bit of business there, swapping those two strikers. Yeah, I think um, the David Luiz deal still gives me shudders, but um, the David Luiz yeah. deal, when we signed him from Chelsea, um, he signed a new contract only a couple of months before. So he would have gone on a free and we ended up paying eight million for him plus plus the wages. Um, so, yeah, like they are very good at, you're right, getting the maximum value out of players. You'd even say Eden Hazard, however much he went for, you'd say that represents good value considering what he'd done at the club and you could maybe sense he was probably on a slight decline in terms of his kind of explosivity and his... Uh, how he plays, he hasn't hit those heights from Madrid yet, and you get the feeling that they've they sold well in that instance as well. Yeah, they got younger again with most of their signings. I know Silva's a different breed in terms of age wise, but most of their signings are young. Apart from Timo Werner, just a quick one, which player stands out most to you? Um, personally, it's Ben Chilwell for me. I'm a huge, huge fan of Ben Chilwell, and they've been awful for me since actually Cole left at left back, even Aspilicueta playing on the wrong side for me was never as good as someone like Ben Chilwell would be. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He was the lovely uh, kind of footballer um, going forwards for Leicester, wasn't he, Ben Chilwell? But I, yeah, I think you're right there. They've had Marcus Alonso, a bit suspect, great going forwards, um, but you've always kind of had a a little bit of a kind of um, kind of fear that he'd return to his... Uh, is it Bolton you played for at one point? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was before, yeah. <laughs> what a move. Um, yeah, so I always felt like he had a kind of, um, definitely had a mistake in him. You've got this Emerson chap who's been playing semi-regularly for them at the back, which fan Lampard, when he came in, he kind of binned off pretty quickly, didn't he? So yeah, I think without Azpilicueta, you would have said they've been struggling for maybe best part of five to eight years in that position. So Ben Chilwell, who looks like He's just going to be in that side for the next, you know, eight to ten years now. So, yeah, it looks like a great deal for him. Cool. All right, well, that's third. Um, go on to who you've got fourth, because I haven't got them in fourth. So, if you start okay. with Arsenal. OK, yeah, so um, feel free to go make a brew, listeners, if you don't want to listen to the, uh, the Arsenal bias. But um, I just feel like I had to put them in here. Um, based on what I've seen, the um, plethora of trophies in the recent weeks, um, yeah, joking aside, I think, you know, since Arteta's come in, he's galvanised the squad. He's made us harder to beat, especially in big games. Um, he's made players fight for the shirt. He's increased our kind of savviness at times. And we're a little bit more pragmatic when need to be. Um, and yeah, I think we've been OK in the market. We've brought in William Saliba and Gabriel Magalhaes. I think that's how you say it. Um, that sounds right. <laughs> Yeah, sounds Portuguese, so we'll go with that. Um, yeah, we, we brought those to him. They look like they could be a pairing for the future. Um, they're both big, athletic, strong. Um, they can play as well. One's right-footed, one's left-footed. I know a lot of managers these days who like to play out the back. They like that balance in terms of passing angles from having a right-footed, right-centre-back, a left-footed, left-centre-back. So that'll be interesting once they kind of settle in. Um, obviously, Willian coming in from Chelsea, three-year deal. Yeah, surprising. I was going to say, what do you think of the, the length of deal? And obviously the room of wages I, are huge for someone that, that age. What I will say is, you know, Brazil, and I'm going to be really stereotypical here, 
they do produce these players at times who go on to have brilliant careers, you know, once they're 30 and onwards. Like you look at Fernandinho at City playing his best football, you know, 31 years old plus um, under Pep Guardiola. Zé Roberto, you know, by Munich, by Leverkusen, playing back in his native Brazil until 40 years old. So, you know, I hope Willian's the exception and not the rule that once a player gets over 30 and they get a big contract, they turn into Mesut Ozil and do uh, not a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm quietly confident. I think Mikel wants to play him in the centre as opposed to out on the wing. I think he wants him to be the creative fulcrum of the side, um, but he can also play out wide when needed, um, which will hopefully you know, um, save his legs a little bit. But yeah, I didn't think it was a bad signing. I just think the third year... I hope it's heavily incentivised and um, we uh, yeah, see, a, see a lot of Arsenal playing through him. Yeah, definitely. I think he's quite, well, he's had quite a good career record, hasn't he, in big games as well, which is something that a team like Arsenal want to try and get over the line, you know, and get back in that top four, top three consistently. To have someone yeah. who's very good in big games when you have a lot of big games now, it's not just a top four anymore. There's a, consistently a top six, seven really now in the, yeah, in the I think Premiership. So. Yeah, and I think also he'd be good for breaking down a low block, which is what we really struggled with um, this season. Um, when Arteta came in, we were kind of surrendering the possession against the, the kind of uh, the better teams in the league, those you'd see in the top four. But the teams who are arguably more inferior to Arsenal, um, you know, we struggled to break them down. And I think William would go a long way into helping that. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what else, what other business needs to be done. But that's my optimistic shout for top four. <laughs> um, one for Leeds fans what are your thoughts on uh, Eddie Nketiah being in the Arsenal team he's played quite a lot and sometimes played through the middle with Aubameyang to his left do you think that's uh, the way forward for the team or do you think he's more of a squad player um, Eddie's a difficult one I haven't seen enough of him um, I've watched most Arsenal games since the restart especially but all last season I know he came back um, I think it was you know at uh, Christmas time wasn't it uh, Kind of, um, he was released from Leeds and came back to Arsenal. And um, I was actually reading an article, um, an interview he, he did fairly recently, and he was talking about during lockdown, he'd put on a bit of muscle, he worked on his game, had a lot of video analysis to kind of like study in order to improve his, his runs, timing of his runs, his link-up play. Um, yeah, I think there's a future for him at Arsenal. Wouldn't surprise me, depending on who we get in or who, who else goes out. Wouldn't surprise me if he goes out on loan. Um, either to a Premiership side, or I know we have quite a good um, loan relationship with Brentford. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, but I do think there's definitely a Premier League player in there. And um, yeah, I was a bit gutted to see him uh, kind of uh, cut his loan spell with Leeds short. I thought he could have done more for you. He scored goals. He came up, I'm right, thinking, at the right time, quite a few occasions. He just wasn't getting the minutes under Bielsa. Yeah, he was on the bench quite a lot. And he... It was very noticeable if you watch Leeds games that we play differently with him in the team. I'm sure it's probably similar with Arsenal compared to having someone like Lacazette who's a lot stronger. Um, he really struggled to hold the ball up in the Championship, which is obviously a league which demands that a lot more than the Premiership. Yeah. Uh, and we kind of really struggled at holding onto the ball and winning it back because he doesn't quite work as hard as someone like Bamford. Um, unfortunately for him, he was just about to get into the team due to injury when he decided to cut the loan short. But as soon as you made that decision with a manager like Bielsa, uh, there's no change in your mind. So <laughs> back to Arsenal, he went. Um, cool. Well, I've got Arsenal fifth, so not far from you. I was really umming and ahhing over fourth and fifth. 
And unfortunately for you, I've gone with your rivals from North London, uh, Tottenham Hotspur, finishing fourth. So much you watching um, him at Camerson. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, actually. I haven't watched it. Everyone's been going on about it and telling me about uh, Danny Rose, obviously ex-Leeds player, how hilarious he is at demanding more minutes from Mourinho, but I haven't quite seen it yet. But um, I like their business, kind of. Uh, they need to do more, but I like Doherty and I like Hoiberg. Yeah, uh, they'll both they'll both play every week, in my opinion. That's your Solid number four. Players, yeah, that's your number four and your number two, and that's what they need. They 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 kind of have stars, but they were they were not blessed with people that know the league well and that could just get seven out of tens every week. You'd have someone like Suzoko who'd be an eight out of ten player, and then a four out of ten player, and I think they're quite consistent. They, I think for me, they still need another two defenders, which mm, the window is obviously seven weeks left. I think so. There's still time, but obviously, who can you get? With seven weeks left with their budget, the rumours are because the stadium, obviously, and the obviously the pandemic, the budget is not incredibly high, uh, and they haven't really got many assets that you'd want to sell that can generate money. So they might have to be shrewd. But obviously, I like Mourinho. I think that could be quite key. And I love Harry Kane, and I see him. We're going to talk about it later, but being one of the top scorers in the league this year, and I think him being back for a full season will just tip it over the edge for them. And I really do think Hoiberg will improve them in the middle because when they played Winks or Dyer at CDM, it's just it's not worked for them for me. He had a good education, Hoiberg, didn't he? And uh, I think it was um, Bayern Munich came up through their youth system. Yeah, he's a lovely player. Um, he can put his foot in, he can play both feet. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought that was a good signing. Price as well. Yeah. Say again, price. sorry? The price? Yeah, good, yeah, good price for him and Doherty, to be fair. I think they paid 12 million and 22, like, for Premiership players, and I know neither of them are, are English, obviously, but for Premiership players, that's a very good price. And they sold Walker Peters, who is not as good as Doherty for me, for nearly 12, 13 million, I think, to Southampton. So I think they've done good business with more to, to go. Um, who have you got finishing in fifth then? Obviously, I've got Arsenal. Who's your fifth place side? I've got the Manx, um, reluctantly. Um, yeah, I've got Man United. Uh, I think their recruitment, um, I think bringing in Fernandez in January, it's been great for them. Um, he loves a penalty, doesn't he? Absolutely loves a penalty. Yeah, they um, get the most penalties as well. <laughs> they do. I saw that ridiculous stat um, that you Man United were far at the top of. I can't remember it now, but there was a a decent number of penalties in between. I think it was since 2016, the amount of uh, penalties awarded to a Premier League side. I think second was Leicester. But, um, yeah, they got, they got more penalties last season than Leeds have got in 10 years. That's it's absolutely stuff. scandalous. <laughs> That's that would be That's absolutely VAR. Scandalous. Yeah. I thought when you know when United when VAR came in, I thought United was supposed to get less penalties. That was the ongoing gag, wasn't it, with all the Man United fans that finally Old Trafford wouldn't be this cauldron where the referee just points to the spot at any point. But um, yeah, I think their recruitment with obviously bringing in Fernandez in January proved to be a masterstroke. Um, Donny van den Beek, I'm not sure how he sits in this midfield. They spent 40 million on him, and you've got Natan- uh, Nemanja Matic, you've got Paul Pogba, you've got Fernandez, you've got van der Beek. You know, what system are they playing? And I, I feel like they're not going to make top four because I think there will be a bit of a gap in between the top two, Chelsea and Arsenal. And I feel like there'll be a bit of a gap where fifth will be. And um, I feel like Solskjaer, he'll get found out in the bigger games. Um, I think he showed that in the FA Cup last season. Um, yeah, I feel like he's not an elite level coach. He's a good manager, um, but I just feel like he's probably not got enough to 
kind of get United into the top four again. I felt like they got in with mitigating circumstances. Don't think that's fair to say that, you know, if a few other clubs didn't have as much turmoil throughout the season, Man United probably wouldn't have got top four. But um, no, fair play to them. But I don't think they'll do it again. And I still think they've got to do more. They've got to get a centre-back. They've got to get... Um, probably you'd probably want another left-back, would you say? Luke Shaw, what are your opinions on him? Yeah, it's difficult for him because he played a lot of minutes at left centre-back, which I don't personally like, but he obviously gets good reviews from Man United fans. Um, yeah. Brandon Williams at left wing-back is a good player, but he's very overrated. Like As a Leeds fan, we've done it plenty of times with local lads, but he's not... He's not starting left-back for a team that, like you said, wants to finish third or fourth or higher in the Premiership, in my opinion. So I think left-back could be needed and cashing in on someone like Luke Shaw could be key for them. And he's he's not old, but he's had a lot of injuries for someone of his age. So I'm struggled. not too sure. Yeah, he struggled I agree. with I his weight, doesn't he, and his conditioning as well. You, you've heard stories about, you know, he really does struggle when he's injured and keeping the weight off. And I think that's, you know, going to be... Yeah, imagine coming back from a serious injury and on top of your kind of like your rehab, you've also got to really like check your weight regularly. It must be tough for him. But um yeah, I think I think he could go. I think you know, the next kind of transfer window, whether in mid season or next season, he could be a, a departure potentially as United look to kind of reshape that defence again, um, to try and get a back line which is gonna see them through for the next kind of three or four seasons, isn't it? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I have them, obviously, because I have Arsenal in fifth. I have uh, Scum, as they're written down on my spreadsheet. I won't refer to them as any, any other name. Uh, they're finishing sixth for me, just about. Um, and I put key additions, Van der Beek, obviously, uh, and Henderson, because I think he'll win the one, the number one shirt off De Gea throughout the season. I think De Gea's made too many mistakes, and Henderson will win the shirt, which will be good for England. Uh, not good for Leeds because I think he'll improve the team that we hate, but <laughs> I think it'll be good good for England because I see Henderson probably as the starting goalkeeper in the future. Um, you I think this thought... season he'll take the number one this season? Yeah, I think so. I think De Gea made like the third most amount of like mistakes leading to goals behind Kepa, and I think it was Rayner actually who played for Villa. Um, yeah, and I just think that he might be a better keeper than Henderson now but I don't think that mentally the, the game's there I think he regrets not moving to Madrid and I don't think I don't think he'll stick around but I had a chat with a, a scum fan uh, who I know and he was saying that they'd want to sell De Gea but who the hell can afford his wages and this time it's nigh on impossible with Madrid and Barcelona basically both been like having two of the best five keepers in the world potentially um, but we won't talk about scum for too much longer so uh, moving on got, well well, I think I know who you got finishing sixth. I think it's your version of scum, is it? It is the uh, Spurs, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Um, is, that, I, is that better than where they finished this year? I can't remember. I, I think it is, yeah. I think they, didn't they finish... Um, um, they might finish seventh. I think they did, yeah. They finished above Arsenal, um, annoyingly. Um, yeah, I, they, I just thought, kind of echoing your kind of... Um, I won't go over it again, but echoing your kind of... Uh, praise of their business I think they've been good in that sense I do just struggle watching Jose Mourinho teams and um, I think yeah they're just shit to watch like you know this season with Mourinho coming in he solidified them yet but they're, they're bad to watch Mourinho teams in general um, I do also think it's a good point that they will struggle with the um, the Europa League schedule 
Um, going back to that Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, from playing the Champions League schedule, I do think they'll struggle with that. They'll struggle with the motivation. They'll struggle with um, kind of maybe just rotating the squad. I think Mourinho, you know, I know he's won it before that competition, but you've got to look at, you know, whether he'll prioritise that or he'll kind of play the kids up into a certain point. But um, I think that could be a mitigating factor with Spurs and where they end up finishing. And I think, yeah, that will contribute to them finishing sixth. Okay, cool. Well, who have you got in seventh? Could this be our second agreement, maybe? I, yeah, I reckon you've got the same as me on this. I've gone for Leicester. No, no, I haven't gone uh, for Leicester. Yeah, I, I think it was... Um, yeah, they had a great start to the beginning of last season, which is crazy when you think it's over a year ago now. Um, yeah, they they looked good, didn't they, up until lockdown. I don't know what happened over lockdown. Um, yeah, they were awful, yeah, they, they after? Yeah, they weren't great. And um, I think they... You know, they've done okay with their transfers. I know they, they've got good money for Chilwell and they brought in the guys at Castagna from um, Atalanta. Yeah, he's um, right-footed, but can play left-back, which was wor- worried yeah. about on the right-footed playing left-back. Bit of a Matthew Flamini or a um, yeah. or Azpilicueta. Yeah, bit of an odd one. It's always a bit strange, isn't it? You you get a right-footed player playing on the left and it's okay in midfield, but at the back it just seems wrong. <laughs> Yeah, it could be the FIFA player in me that would never want to do that, maybe. But You don't want to cut inside to cross it. You want to be whipping that ball in first time, don't you, on the overlap? Yeah, but he's got a good um, pedigree in terms of scouting. Everyone raves about him and he can play right or left. So it gives him a bit of versatility, I guess. Yeah. Could think, be good. I, yeah, I think they've got... Um, I've written them in my notes to this. Um, they've just got a stable squad. I don't think we'll see a massive turnover of players at Leicester. I think, you know, Madison's just signed a new deal. Vardy's obviously going to stay. Um, I think... You know the nucleus of that team, probably ninety percent of that team is gonna gonna stay the same. And I think you know with that Europa League schedule, I think it'll be similar to Spurs. They'll just struggle adjusting um, to that at first, and I think they can lose some ground in the league. But yeah, I still see them having a respectable season. And I think any Leicester fan finishing seventh and having European football, um, going on a cup run, maybe I think that'd be a good season for them. Yeah, I think arguably maybe they've got less top tier players than Spurs, but they might actually have a deeper squad all round when you look at their defensive options and all the young lads they've got out wide. Obviously, with um, Harvey Barnes, who's on loan the championship the year before last, players like that off the bench, I think they could actually have maybe a deeper squad than Spurs. But I don't think that someone like Vardy will continue at his age to, to be a top scorer in the Premiership, in my opinion. Um, so I've got them falling slightly to eighth. So similar to you, so I won't go over much more. I'll just say that. They've done some of the best business in the last five years, haven't they, in terms of money they've made. And they've made over 200 million worth of, for players that they've spent 35 or 40 million on. Uh, so that's incredible business. And that keeps teams like that ticking over, which is good. Um, and in terms of who I've got in seventh, like I said, I've got Leicester at eighth. Uh, I've gone for Wolves. Um, I, I love Nuno. I think he's one of the best managers in the league. Uh, it's who I thought Arsenal would go for before they got Arteta, to be honest. Um, and I don't know a lot about him, but according to people from Y Scout, Marcel, who they've signed, I think he's the fullback replacement for Doherty. Um, apparently, he's very, very good. Signed him from Leon, I think. Um, so they rave about him, and they just spent forty million on <laughs> the eighteen-year-old from Porto that's supposed to be the next big thing, and mm. that's a hell of a lot of money for an eighteen-year-old. I'm not going to proclaim to say that he's going to be the next player to light the Premiership up, but to spend forty million on someone with their the history of the Wolf Scouting Network for obviously Portuguese players. I would say that that's probably a, going to be a good player for them this season. Is he going to be a George Mendes? Is he a George Mendes player? Do we know? 
Um, I would put it at 99% sure that he would be without looking. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure. It's interesting, this kind of agent-led recruitment, isn't it? it? You see it at quite a few clubs nowadays. I know, go back to the Arsenal, Kia Drabchian, he's uh, had a bit of influence over the deals, um, made the William one, namely, I think, in terms of the length and Cedric and a few others. But yeah, the George Mendes, he seems to have Wolves completely sewn up. So um, yeah, I think that's the... That's a player. You think if he's they've committed the best part of forty million, whatever it was, euros or pounds, on him, this player coming in at Wolves, he'd be playing week in week out, wouldn't he? Yeah, difficult because I know he's a nine slash ten, um, but obviously he's not going to start. You'd think um, centre forward with Jimenez, who's key to be honest that they can hold on to him because I know Man United are sniffing around. That'd be a key. Uh, apparently, he's not. Um, Mendes, but Mendes' best friend owns the agency that he he represents him. So, no, there's just link, no. yeah, there's a link there. Um, but yeah, maybe he'll get in at ten. Uh, and I know Liverpool as well. Apparently, we're linked with Adama Traore as well. So so far, we can only go on what we know so far. And both those players, Jimenez and Traore, have stayed. So that that's why I think. Plus, obviously, the manager. Why I just got Wolves sneaking into seventh spot. Um, yeah. Have you got Wolves in eight by any chance, or have you got another team? I've got Wolves in ninth, but <laughs> after that discussion, I want to move him. But I've gone in eighth. Um, I've gone for Everton, and this oh, was okay. one of those teams which we were discussing at the beginning. The kind of oh, where do you put them? Because I think you look at Everton's league form over the last three or four years, and it's been the same cycle of spending money in the transfer windows. Uh, ridiculous optimism um, for a manager who has got a decent track record. He can attract players and then they end up just spunking loads of money and they do badly. And then the manager gets sacked and then someone else comes in and they try and re kind of uh, calibrate the club, bring in a new philosophy. And they're on this kind of uh, current cycle of doing that under Angelotti but you know the, the rumours are that you know we're led to believe that James Rodriguez is coming they've just got Alan in from uh, Napoli who's um, an established you know European um, you know player he's you know done really well at Napoli but that side has been competing for Serie A for the past few seasons um, I do think this is one of those seasons where Everton do well <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean that next season they'll, they'll go on they'll build on this but at the moment I've got them down as eighth, I think they'll push Spurs and Leicester um, all the way in terms of you know, getting higher up the, the table. Um, yeah, primarily because of the recruitment. And I think Ancelotti, you know, he's due, um, he's due a kind of a bit, a bit of success again. I think. Yeah, I think he's a very, very good manager as well. I think it's a little bit different to some of their other choices. They've gone a little bit more upside in some of their previous manager choices, whereas he kind of. You know what he is, don't you? And you know what you get from him, which is key. Um, whilst we started recording as well, there was breaking news that Hamad Rodriguez deal's been done and his medical is tomorrow. So uh, nice. He'll sign for them tomorrow. Um, and apparently they've also had a uh, fee agreed for Dukara from uh, Watford. Okay, yeah, he's rated highly, isn't he? Yeah, and they put in a bid from Emerson from Barcelona, who I'm not sure that's a great deal, but um, Dukara and... Uh, Rodriguez, after already signing Allen, I think that could be top additions. Um, I've got them finishing in ninth, so obviously just out, just slightly lower than you. Um, okay, we've got Everton and Wolves spun round, I think. 
Yeah, Wolves, really? Leicester, and Everton in a different order, but I think they're the clear, clear three, aren't they? Out of the yeah. Six, really. Um, and one thing we mentioned, we little side note, that we couldn't believe they only sold Schneidlin for two million this summer, which absolutely is scandalous. You know, Arsenal get absolutely um, rinsed in the media for their kind of managing player sales. I know we're no Chelsea, but um, two million for a player who joined Man United and was supposed to be the, uh, you know, the saviour, the midfield general, wasn't he, at Man United for a while? And then they yeah. shipped him off to Everton to um, earn 80, 100 grand a week, like. Most Man United uh, kind of fame is it's where they end up going, isn't it, to Everton, so they can stay living in the same residence. Um, but yeah, two million, absolutely crazy money. Yeah, that was crazy, and I know it was uh, obviously through retirement. But Leighton Baines left as well, and he's quite a key. Even if he was getting on, he was quite a key squad player as well. So yeah. Schneider and Baines did play a lot last year, so they they could be two squad players that have lost. But I think their business is good overall. Um, did you want to add anything on to your Wolves being in ninth, or do you think we covered it all when we spoke about them before? Um, it was just, I was a little bit kind of um, dubious about the instant impact of their signings, I suppose. You know, we mentioned the uh, Markal, um, the defender who's just agreed to join the club. Um, I think it was today or yesterday. Obviously, we've got the, um, what's the, what's the young chap called? Is it Thiago? Uh, Fabio Silva. Fabio Silva, sorry, yeah. Um, we Tiago mentioned Silva him. Chelsea, different age. <laughs> Tiago Silva, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, yeah, I, I just think it was more, I feel like Wolves had a couple of years playing a very good, aggressive, uh, labour-intensive brand of football. They've had long campaigns, um, played a lot of games in that period. And I feel like this could be the season where Nuno's magic starts to wane a little bit. I still think they'll have a good season. I think, you know, we just go back to the Leicester, Everton, Wolves, kind of like a, Trio, I think they'll be battling out for for these kind of area in the, in the table. But um, yeah, it's not you know necessarily a bad thing. Ninth, I don't think if you look at Wolves where they were three or four seasons ago. But yeah, I'd have them down as ninth. Yeah, it's a down season being ninth, and then having another transfer window after to to go again and yeah. try and recharge your batteries. Is Martinho, what was he? 30, 33, 34? Yeah, he's thirty four. A Pez legend. Patricio in goal, I think he's 34, another Pez legend. Yeah. Um, Jimenez is 30 this year, so they've got a real mix of older and younger players. Cody as well, I don't know how old he is, but um, obviously cashed, yeah, they cashed in Doherty as well, who's obviously nearly 28 as well, so I'm not sure. Um, I just think the manager's quite good, and I think anywhere from 7th to 9th, you wouldn't be shocked, would you? So um, Yeah. I think Wolves are in for an alright season. Um, we'll go into 10th then. I'll uh, I'll leave who I've got till after you. Who have you got in 10th? Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I've got, and I'm doubting this now, I've got Southampton. Um, I thought when I was doing this list earlier, I think since that 9-0 battering by Leicester, um, I actually quite respected the Southampton kind of um, board and the kind of like the... Um, people upstairs kind of standing by Ralph Asenhuttle. And um, since then, he's actually, you know, really repaid their faith. I think the team, you know, they almost needed that absolute shit show, didn't they, to kind of uh, work out exactly what the manager wanted. But no, I think, you know, the reason why I've got them a top half of the table is because of that form toward the back end of last season, that kind of revival. And um, Danny Ings. Goal machine at the moment. What did he finish on? 20, 21 goals last season? 21 goals, I think, yeah. yeah. And like six assists, which is quite good for a poacher. Yeah, I think he's um he's 
kind of took his game up to another level. He needed that move away from Liverpool to kind of play regular first team football, play into some form. And um, yeah, dead impressed with him. I thought if Arsenal shipped off Lacazette, he would have been a player I'd been looking at if you want to add goals to the side. I know different type of player, but um, yeah, I've got Southampton top top half of the table. Okay, cool. Uh, well, I've got them in 11. So again, we're really, really close on that one. Um, and I'll just say that the loss of Hoiberg kind of swung it for me that I was in an R in between 9 and 12 for them. I settled on 11 in the end, but I think Hoiberg's such a good player, very underrated by the average Premier League fan that yeah. miss him. And Walker-Peters obviously get, had a bit of a torrid time at Spurs because expectation was so high. And like the fullback area, every single transfer window, people say Spurs should sign new fullbacks. So I think he was kind of destined to move away, but he's got a good pedigree to, to come in and do well at right back. So I've gone for Southampton at 11. But in 10, I've got the Mighty Whites. I've got Leeds United in 10th in our first season back in the big time. Uh, similar to you, there probably is some bias there, no matter what we all say. We are all biased and team support. Um, key additions, obviously everyone listening to this podcast will know Rodrigo, Robin Kosh, Jack Harrison, Helder Costa, Ilan Meslier, the main sign-ins. Obviously, we lost Ben White kind yeah. of through a return loan, not not a sale, obviously. Um, there's no rumours, really, apart from apparently Celtic room for Barry Douglas. But aside from that, there's no rumours that any first-team players are going to go. A lot of players have signed new contracts, Calvin Phillips, etc. So there's no risk of us losing anyone, which is good, from what you read, anyway. And obviously, we're still linked to Rodrigo de Paul from Udinese, um, linked to Harry Wilson from Liverpool. Um, we're just about to sign Garviadol from Dynamo Zagreb, 20 million, apparently the next wonder kid, centre-half. Um, so I like our business. Uh, obviously, there wouldn't be many managers that I would take above our manager, and obviously I'm biased on that, but there's not many managers in this league, and I think coaching goes a long way when you're in this kind of 8 to 16 in the Premier League. A yeah. lot of results kind of flip, don't they? And when you go on a two or three game winning streak in the Premiership and you're in that area, you jump four or five places. And I just think the coaching that we have will kind of tip us over the edge. And obviously there is a factor similar to Sheffield United that, of the unknown. Uh, even though they're going to do all their prep, everyone's got the data that they need now in the Premiership. But I still think seeing it and seeing the level that we press and run compared to the average team, like our numbers being so much higher than Liverpool and Southampton, who are the top two for pressing in the Premier, Premiership last year. I just think some teams will struggle with that. And I do think, we'll go and talk about it soon, but there's a bottom five, six that are quite weak. Uh, and I just think teams like Leeds, Southampton, Sheffield United need to like feast on those teams. And if we do that, I think we can nick 10th spot. Yeah, I, it's one of those where um, I knew you were going to put them top half. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, we'll, You'll recall the game you watched at the Emirates when Leeds played Arsenal last season now. And um, I was watching that, oh, I had the benefit of watching that game uh, at home. And you you watched it in the stadium and we both drew the consensus that they're a Premier League side, although at the time they were obviously playing championship football. Um, the way they pressed, the way they kind of forced uh, an, a, you know, a superior team, you'd argue, it into mistakes high up the pitch. Um, you can tell that, you know, from a, a fan who doesn't support, you know, an Arsenal fan doesn't support Leeds. Um, the players, from what I have seen of them, they they play for Bielsa. Um, they, he's definitely tapped into some sort of, uh, yeah, something special up at, up at Leeds there. And um, I just want to get your 
thoughts, mate, on a couple of the signings, just a little bit more kind of perspective maybe from you and also from maybe the, the wider kind of Leeds fan base on this, um, on the signing of Rodrigo. You know, this is a guy who was at Bolton, um, you know, or, you know, pretty much uh, made no impact at all there whatsoever, then went on to Benfica, then to Valencia, and just now uh, kind of reignited his career there. And now he's got the, got the big move back to the Premier League. Just, yeah, give me your thoughts on him. Where do you think he's going to fit in to your lead side? So when we signed him, there was, well, to be honest, still is. There's a lot of debate on where he'll play. Um, obviously, Bielsa's kind of known for being a tactician in terms of formation and how different his team looks in and out of possession. Um, so if we go with the way we played in the Championship, it was more 4-1-4-1. And if we stick to 4-1-4-1, it's hard for me to see him not playing number nine. Um, but like we said with Nketiah earlier, he won't just replace Bamford. He loves him a lot and the pressing that he does is unbelievable and he's very good at holding the ball up. Obviously, everybody who listens to this will know he's not a natural goal scorer at all. Yeah. Um, and there's arguments that Rodrigo isn't a natural goal scorer at all. He creates a lot of chances. He runs a lot. He's very similar to Bamford. Um, but obviously, spending £27 million, you'd hope you've upgraded. Um, but I see him playing up front. Some Leeds fans see him playing him on the right of like... Um, kind of like Pablo Hernandez. He plays like an inside forward. He didn't quite yeah. play as a true winger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we swapped him for Costa and we kind of went wider as a team. A lot of people see us going back to the inside right forward. So we have a, a true winger on the left or a Riga on the right. That's what I'd say the m- main fan base would think. Um, I think he'll play up front personally, but I think it'll take him a while to get there. And in terms of how good he is, um, obviously, well, people won't know this, but I like Real Madrid quite a lot in Spain because my dad, he always took me to see Real Madrid. So I've watched quite a lot of Spanish football uh, and he played very well as a, a second striker. Um, obviously, they don't play one up front, so it's difficult to judge, but his movement does remind me of a Bielsa player and I watched Spain and Germany the other night and the amount he runs in behind and he looks for cutbacks from the wingers, I think he's the perfect Bielsa player. Um, he's, a lot of minutes. Minutes. he's quite tall as well. So yeah, he's, he's had a lot of minutes for the national team, hasn't he? He's just... Um kind of been a mainstay yeah. in their squads for the last kind of four years, which surprised me um, when I was kind of looking yeah. back at, at his stats. And yeah, he's, he's been about the, the kind of top tier of Spanish football for a while now, hasn't he? Yeah, he didn't start last night. But before that, I think it was six games in a row he started as the number nine in like a 4-3-3 almost. Um, and not last season, because obviously, I don't know, everyone who listens to this will probably know that he was due to sign for Atletico Madrid last summer for 60 million euros. Yeah. Um, the deal fell through last minute because whoever was buying Correa pulled out because they couldn't afford his wages. So it meant Atletico Madrid couldn't afford to buy Rodrigo. And apparently ever since then, and the change in managers, he wasn't the same player at Valencia. But the two seasons before that, I think he created the joint most amount of chances behind Messi. I think he was joint with, maybe it was Griezmann, I can't remember, but he was wow. behind Messi. Uh, and that's not in scoring, obviously, which I know everyone thinks number nine should do, but that's just in pure chance creation, whether for himself or for others. Uh, and I think he'll 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 do really well for us. Um, but in terms of the other signing, Robin Kosh, I think that's probably a more key signing because we only had one senior centre-half on the books probably two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> so and we've only got two now. Uh, Bielsa doesn't like to go with many, which a lot of Leeds fans don't like. Um, but I was much more worried, I guess would be the word, of replacing Ben White so to get him over the line the same day we got Rodrigo, I think was was good for the club. And that's kind of your spine of your team, isn't it? If you need a centre forward, you need a centre half to get him in the same day. 
that's a bit big boost. So 11, I was quite happy with the business. Eleven million for Kosh, is that right? Uh, so it's thirteen million, uh, 13. and rumours were we had twenty six million turned down for Ben White. So that was yeah, I saw, I saw the Ben White bid, and um, it could. Let's hope um, that could be a hell of a coup for Leeds if they manage to get you know an equivalent or better player for you know half the money. Um, yeah, he'll yeah, be well, just. I'll keep my eye on him throughout the season. He looks like he's going to be a good player for you. Yeah, well, they turned down 26. So even if you have to go to 30, 35, you're talking a third of the price and you're getting a, yeah. a fully fair international. For a player who was on loan to your club, it seems a bit ridiculous, isn't it? You know, their yeah. players being loaned out a lot of the time is because they're not wanted at their parent club. So to command such a fee, yeah, a bit ridiculous. Yeah, I just think they didn't want to seem weak to their fans of selling to, to who they kept calling was a rival uh, in terms of Premier League spot. I think was was more the issue. Um, but Ben White is so good. He'll, I think he'll play for Liverpool or Spurs or someone in England in the future. But Robin Kosh, like I said, is a full international. I think he's played 80 games in the last two seasons or three seasons in the Bundesliga starting. Um, whereas Ben White has played one season in the Championship. So even though I think Ben White's the best centre-half I've seen since Rio, who plays for Leeds, obviously, um, yeah. you can't deny that we've probably improved in terms of actual pedigree of player. Um but moving on for Leeds for now, because obviously you haven't got them yet. Uh, I've said that I had Saints in uh, 11th. Who have you got in 11th? 11th place, I've got, um, staying up north, I've got Sheffield. Um, yeah. I think it would just be a sense of teams now know they're going to play with the inverted fullbacks. Um, they're going to know how they set up basically to play against. And um, I think they'll be a bit more savvy. They won't be such an unknown entity as they were at the beginning of last season. I think they'll still have a respectable season. I think Chris Wilder's got them really well drilled. They haven't done much in terms of signings. Obviously, Henderson going out and Ramsdale coming in for a hefty fee, 18.5 million. Um, yeah. For a player yeah, who they got rid of initially, didn't they? Am I right? thinking Ramsdale was at Sheffield and they sold him and then they had to yeah, buy him. He was back. there like under 16s or 18s originally. Yeah. And Leeds were linked as well for a loan uh, last season. And then to see him go for. 18 million a year after, after he played in goal for a relegated team. <laughs> then that's good business for Bournemouth to get that, that fee. Yeah, that is. They've done well, Bournemouth. Obviously, him and Aki going, and obviously Wilson's gone today, um, along with Ryan Fraser but um, to Newcastle. But yeah, I think Sheffield, for me, they were kind of in this group of teams, um, the kind of the Southamptons, and I've got Burnley and uh, Newcastle as well. Up, um, yeah, there's this little bunch of teams kind of like lower, well, upper, lower mid-table. Um, yeah, Sheffield, they're, they're 11. What about you, mate? Um, well, like I said, I've got Southampton 11th and I've got Sheffield United in 12th. So that links okay. quite, quite well on. Uh, one place out again. Um, key additions and subtractions again, like you said, just the goalkeepers. Um, they lost Luke Freeman as well, but on loan to Forrest, but he was more of a squad player. Um, Arsenal legend. Are yeah, he is. Yeah, him and Luke Aylin and the team together when they were kids. <laughs> uh, with Frimpong, another Arsenal legend. Annie Frimpong. Retired now, hasn't he? Yeah, he's retired, yeah. Sanchez yeah. Watt, retired as well. Um, what? <laughs> but yeah, I think um, they probably made a step down in goalkeepers, but I know it's hard when a player's not yours. To replace yeah. him with a player you own is obviously is better for the club long term. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you, there'll be less of a surprise. I think they'll score less goals. Um, I don't think they had a player that scored more than six or kind of six or eight. I, I should have wrote it down, but uh, in the Premier League this year, 
And I think without having a striker that scores 10, 15, or a winger that scores 10, 15, I think it's going to be hard for them to finish much higher than, than we've got them. Um, so, yeah, I went with 12. So, who have you gone for in 12? I've gone for Burnley. Um, this was yeah, this is, another... we're miles this... apart on this. <laughs> this was one of those where, again, similar to Everton, we were discussing this before we came on air, weren't we? You've got those teams who they kind of they're so unpredictable and they go through these cycles. And I, I just think, you know, they had a good season. Uh, the season just gone, didn't they? They were very competitive, top half of the table. But yeah, I, I think I think this is quite a generous. I'm saying this is a bad season for Burnley. They're, they're finishing 12th. Like, you know, if it was really bad, they would be either relegated or 17th or 16th, you know, just staying up by the skin of their teeth. But yeah, I've put Burnley as a bit of a cop out at 12th. Um, I think, yeah. That's because they always kind of... beat Arsenal. <laughs> Say again, sorry. It's because they always beat Arsenal. And no, they, they, they tend to always lose. And Sean Dyche always has a post-match press conference where he complains about players jumping on the floor. Um, he just needs to go take some um, strepsils and just be quiet as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, you know, Burnley 12th, they're solid. They, they've they recruited well by not getting anyone in. What would you say? Like, you know, we were saying this before. It's one of those things, well, you know, you're shipping off the dead weight and Joe Hart and stuff. They haven't brought anyone in, but it's that kind of squad, con- squad continuity. You would argue that maybe... You know, the market hasn't provided them opportunities at the moment. What well, you know, hopefully they'll bring someone in, but at the moment, yeah, it's been pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't talk about them too much because I've got them quite later in my list. Um, yeah. If we carry on with you then, because I've done my 12th, uh, who's yeah, your 13th? 13th, I've got uh, Newcastle. So um, I think they will be pretty kind of uninspiring under Steve Bruce. <laughs> um, I think they're just a a standard, you know, Steve Bruce team at the moment in terms of how they're set up. Joel Linton, just, you know what I mean? And Andy Carroll, these players, just kind of, you don't see goals in that team until today. Um, I thought Wilson and Fraser getting those two in, I think that's going to provide a little bit of impetus throughout the squad. Um, I've got a good mate um, who's a Newcastle fan and he is uh, big on bringing Rob Holding to, um, to St. James's or the Sports Direct Arena, whatever it's called now. Um, yeah, that's yeah, the rumour, isn't it, that, that he's their target at centre-half? Yeah, I think it would be good for, for Holding to go there for a season on loan, play um, you know, a full campaign and try not to get injured. But um, yeah, I think Newcastle, had they not have made those signings today, they probably would have sat a bit lower down on my list. But um, yeah, I've got them at 13. Well, this is the, the second one we've actually matched up on. I've also got the Toon Army. Uh, Finishing in 13th, I agree with you. Their recruitment's been really good, well, especially today. The rumours of, of Fraser's been quite quite a while, haven't they? It's been yeah. going for quite a while, but to get it over the line today with Wilson. Um, two good signings. They've got Jeff Hendrick as well, which their fans quite like. Um, I see him more as a squad player, but I think when you looked at some of the teams Newcastle put out last year, to add someone who's played 50, 60 Premiership games, I think that's an improvement on what, what they're yeah. getting out on the bench, at least. Um Long yeah, I feel sorry for Joe Linton because he was number nine officially and apparently Callum Wilson, one of his stipulations joining him was he has the number Oof. nine shirt. So recently, they, they've nicked the number nine shirt off Joe Linton. So I don't know oh, what that's going to say about his 40, future at Newcastle. £40 million. That's absolutely ridiculous. I saw a great yeah. quote from uh, Troy Deeney 
um, saying how he still believes himself to be a Premier League striker, considering he scored more goals than what is it, Sebastian Haller of West Ham and Joel Linton of Newcastle, who scored about six goals between them or something like that. It did make me chuckle. Good old Troy. Yeah, and I think they cost 70-odd million, didn't they, between them? Yeah, they were both nearly 40 million, weren't they? It was absolutely ridiculous money they they yeah. both paid. Yeah, Joe Linton was basically 40 million and uh, same summer, Newcastle spent 17 nearly on St. Maxim as well. Both 22, so they can improve. Yeah. But I think they've added a bit of quality today. So that'll probably please most Newcastle fans. I know they kind of just need their owner to sell the club, don't they? But a 13th place finish and for me, they'll finish way above relegation zone in terms of points. So they'll have a less stressful end to the year than they've had sometimes. Yeah. But I agree with you that they probably do need a new manager. If they're going to keep recruiting well in the future, you need a manager to go along with it, I think. So, yeah. Um, Bruce doesn't inspire much confidence <laughs> for me to get a team up the table. But uh, moving on to 14th now, I've got Crystal Palace in 14th. But I know you haven't. But uh, before we uh, go on to talk about your 14th team, I put Palace here just because I like the manager. Um, Zaha's still there, which is crucial. Like, how many times have we heard in the last four windows that? He's going to move, and he still hasn't. Um, and whilst he stays there, I think they're a good side going forward. They've as, uh, added Eze and uh, Ferguson, both young players. And obviously, as a Leeds fan, I've seen them play against Leeds loads in the last two or three years. And Eze is a real big talent. Um, kind of, a lot of Leeds fans are disappointed we didn't go for him. I think he cost sixteen million, which is a good price for an English player. Um, and I just think Crystal Palace will have enough this year. They struggled to score goals last year. I think adding Eze, keeping Zaha, I think they'll just about finish here in 14th. Um, but who have you got in 14th and why? Dun, dun, dun. I've got the mighty Leeds United at 14th, mate. Um, yeah, I anticipate they'll stay up. I think they'll be... The viewers obviously can't... The listeners' story, they can't uh, see my notes, but I've got a, a block of 15, 16 and 17 with a bracket next to them saying close to relegation and Leeds sit above this block. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think they'll be a bit ballsy in terms of how they approach most games. Um, I think, you know, alluding back to that game against Arsenal, um, they really, you know, took it to Arsenal in that first kind of 55, 60 minutes. They pressed really hard the pitch, won the ball back, created chances, they were aggressive. Um, and I think like they will carry that into a lot of their games. They will be similar to um, probably more Wolves than Sheffield in terms of how I think they'll fare coming back into the Premier League. Um, I think Sheffield, they've been a little bit, although they're really impressive, they were a bit more conservative, whereas Wolves envisage Leeds being a bit more expansive like like them. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, we've already talked about kind of the deals that you've done, Rodrigo. Um, the centre back, and um, you know, uh, I think, I think, yeah, they'll they'll be comfortable. I think you'll have a decent first season back in the Premier League, and it'll be something to build on as well. And uh, obviously, you know, um, Calvin Phillips getting his England call up as well. Um, you hope that he can have a good season and uh, play a big part leading up to the tournament next year. Yeah, hopefully he plays tomorrow night, and I want him to play in the tournament. A for Leeds, but B because he's. A million times better than Declan Rice for another po- for another podcast. But I'll ask you a quick Leeds uh, question, obviously, because we'll probably spend the most time on them. Here we go. Um, what, obviously, we're linked, like I said, to a, a cam, um, well, two cams in Wilson and DePaul. Uh, we're nearly done for a centre-back, apparently. Do you think we need much more than that um, in terms of <coughs> Bielsa likes a small squad and we're going with a lot of championship players? Or do you like the fact that we're going to keep a lot of the players that did it 
last year and have that momentum? I think it's a balancing act, isn't it? So you can look at examples from previous seasons. For example, Fulham. They took the kind of model of, right, the players, they've got us up. Thank you very much. However, we're going to recycle the majority of the squad. And then what you're left with is an expensive gamble uh, with, you know, as a squad, there's a lack of kind of like cohesion, lack of community, lack of understanding and togetherness. And then they end up going back down. I think the other way of doing it is Norwich. They came up under Danny Farke and they didn't really invest in Premier League quality, did they? And they ended up going down, although they kind of like they were good to watch at times. And I think I think Bielsa's got enough about him. I think he's got that right kind of sense of attraction to players at home and abroad. He can bring in the players he wants at this level, I think. In terms of what you've brought in, I think I'd like to see a couple of more Premier League experienced players. Um, you mentioned about, you know, you only had two senior centre-backs. If you could bring in a Premier League proven centre-back, even if it's third choice. Um, same with your midfield options. I think, you know, Bamford's had a handful of games at Premier League level, hasn't he? Um, I wouldn't be too bothered about the um, the forward line. But yeah, if you can bring in a body or two with Premier League experience at the back and in midfield, I think you'll be pretty well equipped on top of what you've already done in terms of the business to, um, yeah, get, get at least 14th in the league, mate, probably a bit higher. <laughs> I'm sure every Leeds fan would take that. And I've got a couple of pretty bets on them to win the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup as well. So, Wow. I'll take, yeah, Talk I'll about being optimistic, mate. Yeah, I think I got... I think I got special offer of fifty-five to one for the Carabao Cup, which I fancy in a COVID world where top teams might not want to play their starters. Um, all right, well, who have you got finishing fifteenth then? Oh, this I may as well like these three teams. They just every you kind of sigh whenever you see their fixtures on match of the day. I've got West Ham at fifteenth. Um, Same. We they're just up a again. Premier League, They're a Premier League club where. Players on the decline just go for a paycheck. They'll sit on a hundred grand a week. They'll play a handful of games. You know, I'm thinking of Jack Wilshire. I'm thinking of Andy Carroll. I'm thinking of these players who go there and they just kind of just go to waste their careers. Really, it's sad. But um, yeah, I just think they're pretty boring to watch. David Moyes. He's got a little bit of Steve Bruce about him, where. As soon as he tries to play expansive type of football, they just get ripped to shreds. So he stays back. He has his low block. He's quite conservative. Um, it's not the West Ham way, is it? We keep being told about the kind of the West Ham way, but I'm not sure Don't that much exists. Yeah, I'm not sure that exists since maybe 1966. Um, <laughs> last time there was any good West Ham players, apart from Paolo Di Canio. Um, yeah, I, I just think they're one of those teams, they're getting a bit stale in terms of their squad. They've got a couple of decent players, Felipe Anderson, I like him. But, um, yeah, I don't see them. They haven't done too much substantial business in or out, have they really? Um, but I think they'll stay up because they've got that kind of nous and they've got players like Mark Noble and uh, yeah, they've just got a lot of Premier League experience. So I don't see them going down, but I can't see them doing much. It can't be very exciting this season. Yeah, like I said, we match up on this one again. Um, I've got West Ham here. Uh Speaking of Mark Noble, he did that tweet this week. I don't know if you saw it. Where, he did. Yeah, they sold Dean Garner to West Brom. Obviously, a team that's just come up. He had a great season. He was For me, he was their best player to watch, obviously, against Leeds. Um, I thought he was a really good winger. and He's only like 19, I think. Uh, they sold him for like 16 million. I think it was 16 million. Yeah. 
Uh, and the players seem to be quite annoyed about that, almost selling to a, to a rival, but a team you should see below you. Uh, and apparently now they won't pay the 20 million for Ben Rama, even though they've just recouped 16 for their own winger that they spend no money on. So I'm not sure. I just don't understand their transfer policy. They spend a lot of money on older players, like you said, which makes no sense. They've got a manager which doesn't fit their best players. People like Anderson, people like almost like Declan Rice, who is a centre-half, I think, not a centre-mid. And he's quite a good ball player for a centre-half. <laughs> it's not for a CDM, but the way that Moyes wants them to play is just the ball's over everyone's head all the time. Um, but I agree with you. I think there's worse teams below them. I think they've got a lot of Premier League experience. Uh, and they've got a couple of key players, like we said, like Philippe Anderson, um, like Declan Rice, like... Pablo Fornals as well. He's a tidy player, isn't he, Fornals? Yeah, he's supposed to be... Yeah, he's a good player for the future. Obviously, Haller, who they spent a lot of money on, will he come good? We're not sure. Um, they've only bought one player in. They spent £16 million on someone from Slavia, Prague, and CDM. I don't know anything about him, but... Um, yeah, I've, I was I struggled between 15, 16 and 17. I went with West Ham as well. Uh, in 16, I've got fellow promotion team Fulham. Um, well, I was re- I was close between 16 and 17 for them, and I'm almost thinking it's because history can't repeat itself uh, that they can't just go up and come straight back down again. But I've got these five teams now all finishing within like four points of relegation. So even yeah. if you're in 16th, you're going down to the last week of the season. Um, one of the main reasons I liked. Uh, their summer business so far. They haven't done what they did last time. They've got Lamina in, who apparently is a really good player on loan in midfield. Yeah. Uh, they've got Robinson in from Wigan, which unfortunately for Wigan Athletic was a great steal. Uh, everyone's stealing their players at the moment. And to get him, a player that was set to join AC Milan for 15 million in January for 1.5 million is an incredible bit of business. Uh, and after lockdown, their best player was Harrison Reed, and they turned that into a permanent from Southampton. So they kind of added, but not loads. Um, and I like that. I think Mitrovic will probably want to try and prove everyone wrong after his last season in the Premiership. Uh, and they've only let Alfie Mawson go on loan to Bristol City, who not really a big loss, to be honest. So I've got them scraping it into 16th, but any of these teams finishing in 18th, 19th wouldn't shock me. Um, who have you got in 16th? I've gone for Brighton. And um, I feel like maybe I should have put them above West Ham. But um, yeah, I've got a Brighton at 16th. I like Graham Potter. I think he's a he's a manager who's going to probably, you know, I've I imagined him getting a, a job higher up in the league at some point. I think he's got decent pedigree. He's obviously learned his trade abroad at Ostersons. Then he went to Swansea, um, and now obviously he's just, uh, doing doing stuff at Brighton. But everywhere he's gone, he's had a very kind of a kind of obvious philosophy and. Um, He's always fared well against Arsenal teams as well, which is a bit annoying. Maybe why that's why I hold him in such high regard because he's played the right way whenever he's competed against Arsenal in the last two or three years. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they've done okay with their recruitment as well, actually, Brighton. So, you know, they've got Joel Veltman in, a um, bit of a deal, actually, from Ajax for a couple of million. Full-back, centre-back, you know, club captain for a few seasons, um, Joel Veltman. And they've also yeah. got um, Adam Lalana as well, back down on the south coast. Um, so I think those two ba- players, with with what they've got, I see them staying up. I see it being a scrap because it's that 15, 16, 17. I think, like you said, these teams will be kind of, um, they'll be looking over their shoulders until the last maybe seven to ten days of the season. Um, but yeah, Brighton for me, 16th, 
play the right way, Potter, and hopefully he can get a couple of more deals in before the end of the transfer window as well. Uh, cool, that leads me well on to my 17th, because I've got Brighton finishing 17th, just avoiding relegation. Um, I think they've only lost Moy, Aaron Moy. Yeah, release, went to release China, didn't they? Yeah, I didn't know he even had a release clause. Very rarely you get bottom-level Premiership players have release clauses, but he did. Um, Montoya as well, ex-Barcelona player, but he was never great for Brighton. Um, and you mentioned two additions there that I thought were quite good. I'm not sure. I don't know how much Lallana's on, but I imagine he's going to be overpaid, though, for his production. But he adds good Premier League experience to a team that has a lot of young foreign players in it. Yeah, it's a three-year deal as well. And allegedly... For a 32, 31, 32? Yeah, it's 31, I think. And it's a three-year deal, but apparently there's an option for a fourth. Wow. <laughs> if he that's, hits certain... Uh, verging on the Arsenal-Willian territory, isn't it? That, uh... Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he was on not a million miles off that wage either, just being yeah. an England international previously. Um, but the reason I've got him staying up is another key addition that Leeds fans know about. <laughs> Mr. Ben White at the back. Yeah. They're moving to a back three. Uh, and I think him, Dunk, uh, and I've forgotten his name now, the guy they signed from Bristol City, um, the other defender, uh, Webster. I think they're a good three centre half partnership. And I like, well, I don't like him, but he's a good goal scorer. Neil Morpay up front. Um, yeah. Leeds fans don't like him. I don't think Arsenal fans like him either. So That's standard. Yeah, a bit of joint hatred. Um, but I've got them just about avoiding the drop. Who have you got as your last team avoiding the drop? Um. They were in my relegation zone until the last minute when I thought I was being a bit too rash and a bit too harsh um, in my critique of a former England manager. But I've gone for Palace in 17th. Um, I just feel like Crystal Palace, there's a malaise at that club. There's this sense of Middlesbrough or Sunderland um, about them where they're kind of always kind of like second to last or last on match of the day. Um, They haven't really got any exciting players and I obviously say that knowing that Wilf Sahar is still there but I just feel like they're definitely missing that kind of 10 to 15 goal a season forward. I know IU's done well at times but I do think they'll struggle to score goals this season I can't see Wilfred Zaha saying that I think he will go to Everton at some point for about 30 million before the end of the transfer window um, and I think beyond that I know you've mentioned the chap coming in from QPR but I don't see where they're going to get these goals or where they're going to get these game-changing moments from. I think they're solid enough at the back, maybe to stay up. But um, yeah, I just don't see them doing much at all this season. They'll be they'll be in a dogfight, if you ask me. Yeah, I do agree with you about the the way the club come across. You know, that second to last, last on match of the day. But they never really feel like they're that worried about going down because Roy Hodgson or pull them out at the end of the season with a few wins and they're almost not bad enough to be bad but like I said I like Eze and I think Zaha will stay at least for the winter to the winter window so I've got them a bit higher than you but I could definitely see why you think they'd struggle because once again they haven't got a centre forward <laughs> yeah um, cool alright we're now into our relegation teams um, tasty we, it seems like we've got two of the same three um, so do you want to go with who you've got finishing third bottom it would seem that way so the first team in 18th, who I going to um, say going to get relegated, going to go for the villains, yeah, Aston Villa. Um, I think they just scraped it this season. Um, I'm not sure even if Grealish stays, they they stay up. Um, I know they've signed Matty Cash, haven't they? He's right uh, right back, 
um, for yeah, 40 right back. million. Yeah. Um, I don't think that does much for their defensive solidity. Um, I don't know what business they can do. I know they committed money to that Wesley, didn't they, last season? They brought him in to kind of be their goal scorer. Um, I feel like they were very fortunate to stay up this season. Um, they had a decent run of fixtures and performances toward the end, which wasn't really reflective of their league uh, campaign as a whole. Um, but yeah, if you take Jack Greedish out of that side, that's a team that's definitely going down. But I think even with it, yeah, I, I think I think they're going down for relegation. Yeah, yeah, they're in they're in one of my three teams, but um, I haven't gotten them finished in third bottom. I've got them finishing bottom. Oh, uh, brutal. I, yeah, I was in an arm between them and another team that we were talking about off air, and you kind of convinced me to put one team higher, and I only moved them <laughs> up one place. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. Matty Cash is is a good signing, but it's not enough. They've lost Rayner as well, so do they need another goalkeeper? I'm not sure. Um, He's still coming back from injury as well, isn't he? He's not going to be fit for the start of the season. Yeah, apparently he could miss the first month uh, yeah. at least. Um, uh, so I don't know what you do there. Uh, I don't really like Wesley that much. Um, I don't like the manager that much. I hate Jack Grealish on a personal level. <laughs> even though He's a bit of a tit, isn't he? He's a bit of a tit. Yeah, even though I recognise he probably, well, he is their best player. And there's not many teams in the bottom. It's, we've both kind of got a bottom four, five, six sort of teams. There's probably no one better than him, maybe other than Zahar in that list, really. Yeah, granted um, that, yeah. But I've got them finishing bottom just because they're struggling to do business. Apparently, Callum Wilson turned them down. Allegedly, they're trying to sign Ollie Watkins from Brentford, but apparently Spurs are now interested, and it just seems every player they want to go for, someone's coming in and nicking them off their toes. Allegedly, they had to pay cash double his wage, uh, double, sorry, what he was offered to stay at Forest just to get him to leave. Um, so I'm not sure. So I've got them in bottom, but uh, in third bottom, I've gone for a team just down the road from Villa. I've gone for West Brom. Um, they are kind of the yo-yo club. Um, <laughs> I've like got that in my notes yo-yo club <laughs> and I actually really like their manager um, they were the second best team to lead last year like far superior than Fulham and obviously I've got Fulham staying up but for some reason I just see them like I said as a bit of a yo-yo club and they've kind of done good business but a lot of it is just turning their championship loan players into permanents which is good but then you still haven't obviously added to your squad from the year that you went up um, they signed one player from Wigan, but he didn't even start in either game against Leeds last year. So I think he's more of a project. Um, so yeah, I struggled to see where they're going to score goals from because I thought it'd be from Charlie Austin, but he's past it now. He didn't. He, he didn't look very good in, after lockdown. I can't see him scoring goals in the Prem. So I've gone for the Yo-Yo Club, finished third bottom. Um, who have you got to finish second bottom? I've gone for Fulham, but can I just quickly say, I've just been scrolling Twitter whilst we've been talking. I was listening, honest. But I've just seen a couple of breaking, well, I'm not sure, the Hamish Rodriguez, there's a picture of him signing with Everton, with an Everton shirt on. So that is that is confirmed, if we didn't already confirm that later. Um, and the second one is that uh, Aston Villa, who we were literally just talking about, have lodged a bid of close to £20 million for... Uh, Emiliano uh, Martinez, the Arsenal uh, number one or number two goalkeeper, whatever you look at him at the moment. Um, yeah, so that's some interesting deals that have gone through or seem to be in the pipeline. Um, Would you accept that offer if you were as an Arsenal fan? Yeah, I think in terms of the surgery that's needed for the midfield and, you know, a few other players can't be moved on. Um, I'm thinking of 
Bellerin, I'm thinking of Lacazette, players who have got resale value, even Rob Holding, Callum Chambers, um, who I will be talking about shortly, Callum Chambers with Fulham, with his links there. But yeah, I think you've got to look at that money and you look at Bernd Leno and how good he was before his injury. And I think you can reinvest that in the squad elsewhere. But yeah, a couple of deals just gone through. It's quite interesting. Oh, cool. All right then. So uh, carry on talking about your uh, your nineteenth place side. Was it? I think you said. Fulham. Yeah, it was nineteen. It was Fulham. Um, I just think that they, although they've kind of got a bit more of a settled squad, and they've they've learned from their past mistakes. It would seem in terms of how to go about navigating a Premier League season. Um, I just don't see Premier League quality throughout that side. I think we talked a little bit about that balancing act with with Leeds recruitment, didn't we? Uh, earlier on this podcast but um I think they've got it wrong in terms of they haven't got quite enough Premier League quality in that side. Um I really like Scotty Parker as a manager. I think he'll go on to do really good things at the top level in management. I think he's a- most Leeds fans would disagree with you on that one. <laughs> what on uh, Scotty Parker? Yeah, yeah. Not not good to watch in the championship for a team that had spent the most money. That's that's all I'll say. I think he could be overrated. I hope I'm wrong because he's obviously English. But um... do you think he had an element of um, what's the kind of what am I trying to say here? Do you think he had a little bit of an easy ride, given his kind of reputation as a player, given his kind of coaching experience? Do you think he almost had it yeah. had it to him on a plate, the kind of management job? Yeah, I think obviously to win a playoff campaign is difficult for anyone. So hats off, and he he seems like a real good motivator. Um, and that's kind of what the playoffs come down to in a way, is not bottling it to a point. Um, but yeah, I think him and Lampard both have to suffer from, well, not suffer, they benefit from the English manager, young, vibrant ex players. Um, yeah. And they haven't got much of an identity. And I've got them in 16th. But the more I look at it, the more I'm thinking, I could easily swap them with West Brom. Because one thing you, like you just said about last time they came up in the recruitment, they did obviously sign uh, both Calvario and uh, Knockart to loan to buys. Yeah, they spent another twenty-five million on those two players. I know they did that technically during lockdown, but their players, like you said, I don't think are Premiership quality. Um, and I could see them being dragged down to where you where, where you say just because of the lack of recruitment. Um, do you think Mitrovic is a Premiership player as well? Everyone lords him in the Championship for being a well, close player, which he is. But the first time I saw like him, the next level, the first time I saw Mitrovic play, he absolutely battered Per Mertesacker when he was playing for Anderlecht. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. We're talking about five years ago now, I think. And um, I thought he was an absolute unit. Um, he was brilliant. He was fearless. I think he was like 21 at the time. And he was really good. And then I just think he never really hit the heights. Um, who did he sign for initially? Was it Newcastle? Newcastle. He was, Newcastle, yeah. yeah. He didn't really hit the heights there, did he? Um, I don't think they kind of, the way they played at the time, strangely, although you kind of associate them as a bit of a long ball side. I don't think he really found his place there, did he? Then he went to Fulham, he went down a level and yeah, I don't think his goal and assist return has been that bad, has it? Since being at Fulham, the, the fans there seem to love him. Um, yeah, do, I think do I think he's a Premier League Premier League uh, kind of quality forward? Yeah, I'd probably say he's Premier League quality but lower lower table. And we're talking about a team which are getting relegated as far as I'm concerned. So <laughs> yeah, you could say he's a yo-yo Premier League forward in terms of quality, someone who's top, top championship, bottom Premier League. But yeah, I'd, I'd put him in that bracket. Yeah, I think just to add on that from last season, they struggled defensively at times, and 
they leaked a lot of chances. Um, their XG was quite good because they passed the ball sideways a lot and they, they keep the ball quite well. Yeah, But they struggled to, to, to keep clean sheets. Even when they brought Michael Hector in from Chelsea, they still struggled. And obviously, when you go up another level, the teams that tend to do better from the Championship are the teams that have good um, clean sheet records. Like Norwich were winning games 4-3 in the Championship. They were losing them in the Premier League 3-1. Yeah, teams like Sheffield, yeah. yeah, whereas teams like Sheffield United and Leeds, for example, very, very good defensive records. And I think Fulham could concede a lot of goals in the Premiership. So, I think yeah, that's a good think- shout by you. I think going on just with that point as well, they just seem a little bit of a soft touch. I haven't watched much Championship football, as you caveat. Every sort of um, uh, comment I'm making is, you know, isn't based on, you know, watching all that much Championship football last season. So I, I can't, can't really say too much about a few of these teams coming up now. But um, yeah, I think Fulham, for me, they're a little bit of a soft touch. And, you know, like you said, surrendering a lot of uh, shots on goal. I think you can get away with it in the Championship, but Premier League, when you've got players like Guerrero, Harry Kane, you know, Aubameyang, Werner, if he hits ground running Rashford, you've got a lot of, you've got, got to be doing better, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, right, then rounding out my bottom three, because I've said that Villa are going to finish bottom. Yep. This is a team I did have bottom, but then I saw your notes and saw them so high that I bottled it. Uh, <laughs> so I've got Burnley finishing in oh. bottom three. Burnley, um, Sean Dyche, no. Yeah, I know, in between his movie, favourites. Um, He'll be livid. Yeah, I know. Uh, similar to what you said about Nuno, uh, I could see it going a bit stale with Dyche. Um, I don't think they'll score many goals. Chris Wood was obviously rumours that people were after him. Um, obviously, that's not come to fruition yet. Like we said, they've sold, they got rid of Hendrick on a free, but they've sold no players and they bought no players. Uh, they're the only club to do so. Um, and I just don't think they've got enough. Uh, they signed someone like Josh Brownhill in January. He was a player who couldn't even get in the Bristol City team week in, week out. Yeah. Now he plays for Burnley. I think Deitch does well without a lot. And I think their luck could run out. And if the rumours are true that West Ham could be buying um, Tarkovsky for 20 million, 25 million, uh, I think that could be a big loss to a team like Burnley. Um, and I've just got them finishing here due to lack of additions and lack of goals for me. Um who have you got finishing in 19th and then 20th to round it off? Sorry, so 19th was Fulham. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and then my 20th, so they're going to finish rock bottom is West Brom. Um, I think it was... Club. Yeah, you've got, you've got them in your bottom three as well, am I right? Yeah, we both got them and Villa, haven't we? In yeah, so too. I think for me, it, it was just... Um, you kind of... You look at the three coming up in terms of quality... Um, Premier League experience or Premier League quality because I know you can you know I think Calvin Phillips for example he's hopefully will prove um, for all the listeners and yourself um, this season that you know although he hasn't been in the Premier League he will quickly establish himself establish himself as a Premier League quality player and I think West Brom neither have Premier League experience throughout their squad but I don't think they have much Premier League quality as well Um, yeah classic yo-yo club aren't they really and um, I don't see them doing all that much um, I don't see them being as bad as Derby were back in 2008 <laughs> when they finished with that ridiculously low points all but um, I can't at the moment I just can't foresee them staying up don't think they've done enough in terms of recruitment yeah I agree and even though they've got a good manager obviously he struggled at times before and could do so again um, do you see them finishing Miles adrift of safety, or do you think that bottom four or five, like we said, are so tight that um, separating them? 
I feel like, yeah, although yeah, I think for me, they're going to be the first side to be relegated. Uh, they'll probably go like March time. I think they'll... they'll be like Norwich them. Yeah, I think you'll pop, they'll probably play better football once they're relegated as well. I think Slavin Bilic will kind of like have nothing to lose at that point and you'll, they'll probably be involved in some tasty games maybe. But um, yeah, I see them kind of falling away kind of like mid-end to the season, yeah, kind of March time or so. And then Fulham and Villa joining them toward the uh, latter uh, stages of the season. Okay, cool. Well, that's our, our both our top 20s then. We had a, I think we had four similars, but we had obviously the top four was nearly identical and the bottom three was nearly identical. Um, both said Leeds would stay of, up, surprisingly. Yeah, both said that. Yeah, shocker. Um, cool. So I've got two two like little topics to end on because it's uh, been a bit of a long one. Um, who do you see being uh, the golden boot winner uh, and why is it not Patrick Bamford? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll answer, the, I'll answer the first question first. Um, I think you've got the usual suspects. It's going to be a bit boring. Um, I think Aubameyang, Kane, Sterling, um, Aguero. I think they're your kind of your four. Um, I see this being the first season where Vardy kind of falls away in, in the last, you know, compared to the last couple of seasons. I don't think he'll be kind of involved in that um, kind of race for the Golden Boot. Um, in terms of players to watch out for who could be a bit of a surprise, I think we could see um, Callum Wilson if he you know, gets put on Peno GT and he hits the ground running at Newcastle. Um, yeah. He's basically just put in because he's signed for Newcastle today and I was just thought, oh, that'll be a bit interesting. Um, yeah, he'll get so I'll put chances, him... won't he? Because he'll play yeah. every minute up front. So. I think so. I think he's come to be their best all-round centre-forward. So I think he'll, he'll get chances either up on his own or in a two with Joel Linton if he ever manages to establish himself at Newcastle. Um, Danny Ings, I've, I've kept him in the group as someone who could be another, I say, surprise package. Now we know what he's about in terms of his goal scoring at Southampton. But yeah, I think he'd be one to look out for. And then Timo Werner, if he hits the ground running, the guy's going to be electric, unfortunately, and he's going to be the reason why Chelsea finished third, in my opinion. So um, yeah, they're, they're my kind of uh, golden boot contenders with a couple of... Uh, um, kind of left field picks, I suppose. How about you, mate? Um, so yeah, same to you. I, th- I put in brackets if they stay fit next to Aguero and Kane. But yeah. I think they'll probably run away with it as the two with uh, Aubameyang as well, sorry, as the third. Um, and then Werner basically is the only one I think that can rival them. And he's the only one I think that could come from nowhere and score 30-35. Right? No one's scored 35 in a long time in the Premiership. Um, but the problem is they've got a lot of mouths to feed now. So whether or not he gets as many chances as some of the other players like Kane, who pretty much dominates all of the Spurs chances in around the box. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, similar list to you, really. Uh, and my last question is, uh, first weekend of the season, uh, Fulham-Arsenal, you'll be expecting a win. And Liverpool-Leeds, I'm sure you'll, you'll be expecting a Leeds loss. <laughs> Just quickly, mate, forgot to answer the Bamford question. <laughs> oh, yeah. The reason he won't be top scorer is because... Rodrigo will play ahead of him. <laughs> That's it. I'll I'll put Bamford down for ten goals. Ten goals in the season. Okay, uh, in the I'll, I'll give you I'll give you guys that. Um, okay, so this weekend's predictions. Then I think Arsenal will beat Fulham, hopefully comfortably. I think it's at Craven Cottage. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's at Craven Cottage at twelve thirty on Saturday. So yeah, it's at five thirty at Anfield. So both on TV as well, which is nice. For yeah, you. <laughs> that's tasty. That is. Um, yeah, I. 
I see Arsenal just rolling over for them. Um, I really hope this doesn't come back to haunt me. But um, yeah, <laughs> we'll, I, we'll clip it out if it does. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll edit this out. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, Arsenal will get the result uh, against uh, Fulham. It's a nice place to go, Craven Cottage. It's not far, obviously, in London. Um, yeah, so I see an Arsenal victory there. I'll say three-one. And then the big game at Anfield. Um, I'll go for a score draw. I'll go for one all. That's very, very positive because you want to lead the podcast. <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to be overly positive. I've got to be optimistic if I'm on a Leeds podcast. But no, but we'll see. You know, I wish you guys all the best for this season. It's been a long time coming. Who would have thought in 2003-2004 season would be the last time we saw Leeds in the Premier League for a while. So, uh, mate, it's, it's been good to uh, kind of get your opinion throughout this season on you guys coming back. And um, yeah, hopefully you guys will have a, have a good season. What, what, are your, what are your thoughts for this weekend? Uh, well, your game I see as like a 2 0 win, to be fair. I think it's just far too good for them. Uh, and like you said, Arteta's made you much better, more stable at the back in most games. It's still the odd, odd, like odd David Louise game, but <laughs> in general, you're much stronger away from home than you used yeah. to be. So, yeah, you'll win that comfortably. Um, yeah, Liverpool leads. Uh, I'm going to go for 2 2. Uh, um, I've got bias and optimism in there. Um, and also, my brain just thinks Liverpool can't win every home game which they have done for nearly two years. Uh, and that run always stops. So why not Why not it stop Saturday? Um, but I think they'll struggle the first half to, to break our press as much as they normally do. So they're known for having huge amounts of possession, aren't they? But I think they'll struggle with that. But I think second half, they could dominate the game because we're not going to have Rodrigo or Robin Koch probably even in the team. Bielsa doesn't like to play people for a while after they've, until they've learned the system. Yeah, um, That's one of the things that a large portion of the fan base probably won't only thing they won't like about Bielsa. Um, so those two probably won't even play. Uh, so we're pretty much going with the same team that won us the championship minus our best player, not called Calvin Phillips, which was Ben White. So, so we'd probably be a worse side, but I just think that the way we play and Marcelo have them so well drilled that I'm going to go with a, a 2-2, maybe a late goal, a late equaliser. Unfortunately, I'm on holiday, so I'll be in a pub surrounded by Liverpool fans. So that's Lovely. not the ideal. Yeah, and my brother-in-law, as you know, is a Liverpool fan. So if we don't get a result, I'll be receiving phone calls, FaceTimes, and texts all evening. So, <laughs> so I'm just hoping for a two-two at, at, at worst case. Well, anyway, even if you don't get the result, mate, um, yeah, just relish being back in the Premier League and enjoying the big occasions, playing away at the, at the big grounds again, and obviously um, enjoy, uh, you know, um, welcoming those big clubs back to Ellen Road as well. Yeah, definitely. It'd be very good when we can actually get to games. Um, but yeah, thanks, mate, for coming on the pod. It was good. Uh, we'll get you back on when it's uh, Arsenal Leeds time because I'm going to do obviously weekly match previews and reviews. So when it comes time for that fixture, we'll come on and chat again. Amazing. Right. Thanks, mate. I appreciate being on and take care. Yeah, cool. I'll speak to you all soon. And bye for now. Oh!